0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, dear CC members and partners. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the CC Podcast Telco. Wherever you are, I hope you're having a productive week so far. Today, we're talking about subsea cables. More specifically, we're asking the question, how do submarine cables support the digital transformation trend? Before we get into it though, I would like to remind you that the CC Submarine 2023 Summit in sunny Lisbon is right around the corner. Brought to you in partnership with Lead Diamond sponsor Equinix, the summit will host CC webinar live sessions covering everything from new business models and strategies, to the role of data centres to meet future demand in the Mediterranean and African regions, to future interconnection strategies. Don't miss this key networking opportunity in a growing global hub. Find out more information through CC Connect. This session we're revisiting today is coming from last year's edition of the CC Submarine Summit, so you can consider this your warm up. We're about to hear from keynote speaker Sohail Kadir, Vice President of Wholesale at Omentel, and later from our star panelists Augusto Fragoso. Director General for Information and Innovation at Anacom, Artur Mendes, Vice President of Sales at Angola Cables, Jeff Bennett, Director of Solutions and Technology at Infanera, and Louis Carver, Chief Commercial Officer at AFRIX Telecom. Let's take a listen.
1: Hello, everybody. You see, so hell it works, right? <laughs> so how was lunch? you all yeah. You enjoyed it? Okay, cool. So all fed. You're all ready to listen. No excuses anymore, right? So okay, so uh let's start and um and I would like to have another warm welcome to uh, to, to everybody here in uh, in beautiful Cascais, Lisbon and uh, and of course uh, around the world and uh, welcome to this uh, the CC Media webinar live. Uh, and actually a live session, panel session here in uh, in Cascais so at the GCCM Lisbon. So um, uh, a warm welcome to uh, to also uh, around the world. Um, uh, Sohail, how are you? I'm good, Eric. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you so much. Good to having you here. And then also the gentleman here live. So um, uh, as a kickstart, uh, Sohail, I would like to give you a quick minute to to introduce yourself and say something about uh, about Omantel. There's always something new with you guys i know so please uh
2: thank you eric uh good afternoon everyone uh on my side it's almost good evening now uh first of all apologize that i'm not there in person uh just came back from itw and a few things so uh, my name is suhail Kadir, i'm the vice president of OmanTel uh, uh, wholesale business unit OmanTel uh, is basically an incumbent operator in the sultanate of oman um, a country uh, within the middle east uh, we are part of the six gcc countries as well uh, as Omantel, uh, we have we started somewhere around let's say 11 years ago 12 years ago uh, implementing submarine cables uh, utilizing the geographical location of our country which is basically outside the gulf and then connecting to the indian ocean and obviously we are next to red sea through yemen as well so we started utilizing our strategy was to bring in as many as much infrastructure as we can within our country. So as Oman OmanTel, we have invested and landed around uh, 15 submarine cable system in our country. Uh, the latest one is a cable system coming directly from Perth in Australia to Oman that landed almost uh, three weeks ago called Oman Australia Cable. Uh, eight pair of fibers coming from Perth to Oman. And then obviously from onward in Oman, uh, it will go towards Europe, utilizing the existing infrastructure. Uh, other than the submarine industry uh, myself and my team we are also involved in uh, data center business so we have now uh, two data centers one is called equinix in uh, muscat which is the capital city of, uh, of oman and the second one is called equinix in salalah which is the south uh, of oman next to yemen uh, and and very close to the red sea so these two uh, data center which are called equinix data center it's with the in a joint venture with Equinix as a as a partnership with between Omantel and Equinix as a 50 equal joint venture. Uh, other than this, within the wholesale department, obviously we have uh, you know uh, other business like internet content, hosting, um, roaming business, vice business. but that's not the not the discussion of today. So this is a very brief introduction of uh, of Omantel. I myself uh, have been vice President of Omantel working wholesale since last 11 and a half year and uh, living in Oman. So that's my introduction.
1: Thank you so, so, so much as well. And, uh, and uh, as, as you mentioned, I mean, we'll be talking to today's topic is how submarine cables support the digital transformation. And, uh, and we, we, we thank you uh, greatly, uh, Oman for for sponsoring the session. So um, moving on to, uh, to, to the rest of the gang, which is sitting here actually. And um, I would like to give them also a quick minute to, uh, to introduce themselves. So if I may start with you, uh, Jeff.
3: Uh, thank you, Eric. Yeah. Uh, afternoon, everyone. Or good evening, wherever you are. Um, my name is Jeff Bennett. I work for Infonera, uh, and I do apologise for my voice. I'm just getting over a cold that one of my colleagues very generously gave me last week at a conference in London. So, uh, but it's definitely not COVID. I've done three tests, and, and <laughs> so um, uh, Infonera we're a manufacturer of optical transmission equipment. Um, a variety of, of uh, different aspects of it but in the context of this particular meeting it would be SLTE submarine line terminating equipment and um, we're particularly proud of our performance of our transponders delivering the highest capacity that uh, that you can achieve on various cables around the world so that's that's what we do.
1: thank you very much Jeff and uh, as from now on you know we're going to call you Joe Cocker eh? because or Rod Stewart because with this voice I mean you know, and chain my heart, there you go. So thank you so much. Luis, you're next, please.
4: Uh, hi, people. Um, Louis Carver, I represent three companies really. Uh, one is africs Telecom. It's a 60 plus node uh, network uh, connecting various countries across Africa, which uh, I'll uh, expand on uh, during this, uh, this um, talk. Then also, we do have, um, going on live this year, uh, a landing station in Barcelona, uh, the Barcelona CLS. We, uh, the construction is near, nearly ending, uh, and it's been a, quite a, a project for us to get this off the ground. And finally, I would also like to expand uh, on Medusa, our 8,700-kilometre fiber network connecting uh, southern Europe to northern Africa
1: thank you so much Arthur welcome good seeing you again eh?
5: yeah. <laughs> good thank you Arthur Mendes, um, I'm a sales VP of Angola cables um, it's a operator that starts in Angola these days I'll, I'll not say that he's Angolan operator anymore uh, but we are one of the main investors in the in the West African coast of Africa in the wax cable then, we have been the first ones to build the uh, South Atlantic Cable System connecting Africa to South America that you spoke in the morning, uh, creating a, a new alternative route uh, by connecting the, the world uh, in the South together with uh, com- combining by other cables. And we also built that uh, money from uh, Brazil to to, to, Port, to, Lis- uh, to United States, sorry, uh, but are essentially focusing data centers and, and sub-seas uh, cables, yeah.
1: Thank you so much, I'm, I'm more than curious to, to, to hear some figures from uh, from from the African uh, continent. And last but not least, uh, Rostos, thank you so much for joining in again, like this morning a panel. So please, you have your minute. Uh,
6: well I, I come from the Portuguese market regulator, the telecommunications market regulator. But I'm here uh, mostly uh, in my other role, which is CIO and digital transformation officer, uh, Just. Maybe uh, to see what we can do with the infrastructure and what is the digital trend that we are uh, going for.
1: Okay, thank you so much, and, uh, and all of you, all five gentlemen, thank you so much for for, for being here. So, so Hale, uh, I even I know you're you're virtual, but you're still close to our hearts. So um, it is uh, it is up to you now, man. It's your great moment. Please take it away and uh, tell us all about the beautiful things which is uh, which are going on.
2: Uh, Thank you, uh, Eric. I have a small presentation, uh, very much focused on the topic today. I'm not going to talk about uh, too much about Amantel because that's sort of a marketing. So please let me know if you can see the screen.
1: Yes, we can. Thank you.
2: Okay. So uh, the idea uh, I will also start my stopwatch because I've been given 10 minutes. So uh, the idea of uh, this presentation is to discuss the challenges, uh, the opportunities that in the submarine industry we are facing, especially in our region, Uh, and and obviously I'm sure uh, I can talk about uh, the Middle East as well as uh, Africa as well from the challenges and opportunities point of view. Uh, Then we will talk about the planning and and so on. So some of the challenges and opportunities in the submarine business that we are facing today uh, is uh, there's no capacity today left in the market. If you look at the routes between Asia to Europe, uh, all the existing cable system, uh, which are very few now, um, are are already either old or either have gone out of capacity. And what's happening, the implication of this is basically uh, today for the, I would say that for the short period of time, we all see an increase uh, increase in price by 30 to 40%, which is not good for the business, uh, that creates some uncertainty in the business because international business, on this, especially on the connectivity side, have been seen a trend of pricing going down since last, I would say over the last five years. Uh, but what happened is that the last submarine cables in this region uh, connecting Singapore to Europe, uh, connecting Middle East and Africa uh, was somewhere in 2017. So CME-5, the latest cable and, and Asia, Africa, Europe one, which we call it AE-1, uh, these two cable systems were the latest in, 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 their, uh, uh, in the time, and these two cable systems are uh, both, specifically these two cable systems, are out of capacity. Uh, CME4, IMV, uh, obviously, are old cable system and out of capacity. Uh, so today, in the region, and especially connecting the, the east to west, uh, we are facing a major issues. Uh, I would say also the major impact started coming out of during the COVID time where the traffic demand from our region within the Middle East and the greater region to the Middle East, uh, the demand grew by almost 35 to 40%. And at that time, uh, people started activating uh, capacities that were not seen that we will be out of those capacities and this is where we are standing. Now, what are the opportunities out of this? I think the opportunities out of this whole, uh, you know, scared, scarcity of the of the bandwidth and and the capacities is that there is an opportunity in Middle East and in Africa to you utilize this this situation and start creating more and more hubs, create more ecosystem, bring more and more carrier neutral data centers in the in the region, so that we can bring the content closer to uh, closer to the to the customers, closer to the to the eyeballs. I think we all understand that content started in US, then they moved to Europe. And then from Europe, they started also moving towards towards uh, you know, Asia, uh, specifically Hong Kong and Singapore, I would say, uh, or either we can say they started moving from, uh, from US to, uh, to Singapore in our region. And the Middle Eastern region uh, remain as is. So Middle Eastern region was connecting either to Singapore or either to Europe to, to access to the content. Uh, this op- have created this opportunity, I believe, that uh, uh, the content start coming to the region because now it is uh, a time where, where the capacities are going very, very high on the, on the costing side and it is impacting everyone, so uh, the edge nodes, the data center have started coming to our region, uh, Amazon have deployed one uh, region over here, they are deploying another region, Uh, Google have deployed a few of their clouds in in our region, and now uh, Facebook have also deployed their edge nodes. Uh, Microsoft has started deploying their data centers in the region. So things have improved, uh, and I think this opportunity will continue there for at least uh, next two, two and a half years. Why? Because, and that's the next point, uh, that there have been a number of partnerships in the submarine industry that happened uh, very recently. Uh, when recently means 2020 and 2021 uh, Telecom operators are now in our region and i'm sure globally as well they are becoming more and more enablers the investment that is required in in submarine uh, is is going up because of the technology and because of number of pair of fibers that are required in any submarine systems uh, basically let's say connecting singapore to europe going through middle east and africa connecting few of the countries in africa you're talking about Uh, the supply and non-supply contract and overall investment of around 800 to $900 million. Obviously depends on how many landings and how you're routing these cable systems. So uh, the consortium cables have, I would say, slow down on on the consortiums. The telecom operators are not investing as much as they used to five to 10 years ago. And now the hyperscalers and the big companies have started investing and they're becoming the main driver for investment in, in, in the big cable systems. I think the partnership between the telecom operator and hyperscaler is something that is uh, inevitable, uh, has happening in in the region, has happening in the world. And and this is something that is now bringing more and more submarine uh, into into the region. Uh, The very, uh, I would say good example is uh, something called Blue Raman cable system. I'm sure um, some of you are aware of it. A Blue Raman cable system is basically a cable system that is connecting India to oman and then coming going from oman to djibouti in africa connecting sudan in africa going to saudi arabia uh, taking a new route uh, for the first time uh, avoiding uh, or at the moment avoiding egypt going directly through jordan uh, through israel all the way to kania in greece and then connecting italy and number of places in mediterranean and then ending up in marseille so that's a that's a that's a partnership that you can see from oman tel as uh, one of the operator uh, Google uh, hyperscaler and, and then Telecom Italia Sparkle from Med, uh, Mediterranean as three uh, let's say investors uh, cable system. Uh, next point is data centers. I believe that all the new investments and especially when when as, as I said that hyperscalers are the main driver, they want to have the, their cable systems landing into open data centers, open cable landing stations or uh, neutral data centers. And this is what's happening in, in, in the Middle East now. Uh, Oman uh, have, as I explained, we have two data centers Equinix and we're landing Blue Raman cable system over there. Uh, two Africa is going to land in th- these two data centers and so many other cable systems that are coming. Uh, I-, I don't want to miss uh, a very important partnership between us being the investors in subband cables and the suppliers. So Infinera is sitting with us, um, few other suppliers uh, or, or the partners that we can name uh, Subcom, ASN, NEC, um, Huawei, uh, let's say uh, Infinera and and and, and that this partnership is also very very important because they are the one who enable these submarine cable system. They are the one who deploy these submarine cable systems for us and then uh, continue to be with us for next twenty years. So this partnership is very very important. I think we have talked about the investors, but the last not the least, I believe uh, worldwide regulators and governments are becoming a bigger partners. Uh, with the submarine industry. The, the regulators and government are now getting much aware of these things and they are the one who is getting involved in, in a number of decisions, uh, When especially when it comes to landing in a co- open landing session. And especially when an, in, an, a telecom operator from that country is not an investor, they are only a landing party, then obviously you need a lot of support from the government and from the regulator. What are the infrastructure planning of submarine cable systems? Very quickly, i think the challenges we have seen uh, uh, there are some challenges in our region uh, all the cable system goes through egypt uh, uh, no doubt everything is going fine but again it's a single point of failure so a uh, new routes are important when we are doing the planning the uh, uh, we call it uh, babel mandab strait between djibouti and yemen it's a very narrow uh, position It is becoming an issue. It is almost full with with the cables uh, using the ICPC standards. You cannot deploy further cable system in those straits unless you uh, compromise on the standards. Uh, The strait in Singapore, Malacca Strait, these are few of the challenges that we are looking at. Uh, What are the opportunities? I would say the opportunity is to create new routes. Um, We are creating, uh, as Blue Raman, we are creating a route um, connecting Oman to Saudi Arabia. From Saudi Arabia, we are going to Jordan and then connecting Israel and then going out. Um, Malaysia to Singapore is again a new route, although we have used it five, six years ago <clears throat> and few of the cable systems are landing in, in Penang in Malaysia and then going to Singapore. So these are few of the opportunities I would say <clears throat> that we have in the, in the, uh, in the, in the industry that is uh, giving us this. Uh, I believe this is a small presentation. We will talk about this uh, um, on these topics uh, further in the panel.
1: So, Eric, I will hand over to to you. Thank you so much, Sohail. And let let, let me check if there are any questions for you, actually, maybe live from the audience here. Come on, you had food. You must have a question for Sohail. No? No? No question. Sohail, you have been, again, again, you know hitting the top chart by not getting any questions because you have been clear from from day one so congratulations on that and, and thank you for your presentation so um mm-hmm. uh, let me invite the gentleman sitting next to me here as well to uh, to uh, to join uh, the the panel together with uh, with uh, with Sohail um uh, jeff um uh, sohail was accusing you already you're 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 your charging too high prices as a as a supplier and being a very important partner for the industry, <laughs> but uh, no, let's uh, not a kid. But but um, digital transformation. I mean, um, um, what are we talking about, and how can submarine cable support it? Um, and how can you support it?
3: Well, I think it's an interesting thing to to find out what digital transformation actually means. It's one of these very very vague uh, terms. At the end of the day, uh, it's really about and and what all of us can do, I think, is is supplying capacity. Because capacity is the oxygen that feeds all aspects of the internet, uh, as well as the private networks that interconnect data centers and uh, enable cloud applications to work. So I suppose capacity is is, is the primary currency of this digital transformation. Um, and, And actually, that's a, you know, to preview my presentation for tomorrow Mm. that's exactly what I'm talking about tomorrow which is how you can deliver more capacity on all kinds of cables Uh, we have multiple generations of cables spanning some of them up to 20 years Uh, we want them to last as long as possible Uh, the engineering life is there you know with their amazing uh, examples of engineering Uh, but what about the economic life Um, it takes years to plan a new cable Uh, we know that regulatory issues are only getting more and more difficult. So I think, uh, you know, that's... uh, The idea is the only thing you can change once the cable's under the ocean are the transponders at the ends of that cable. And that's the way you deliver more and more capacity.
1: When I hear you talking, you you make it so juicy, so funky.
3: (laughs) Try to tell this to your kids. They say,
1: I don't care, I just want to have it work, you know?
3: Yeah, but they, they want to be able to download playstation games and xbox games they there want to be able go. to netflix. check their facebook page <laughs> netflix exactly
1: no that, that, that that's what it's all about and yeah. then how we do it they don't care but it is juicy and funky so um do you agree uh, Arthur? i mean um especially not only on the, on the submarine cables but but i mean the, the whole digital transformation landscape what we all are talking about since years um, uh, is it happening what what do you see around you and uh, especially please go into africa because i want to hear we know, we all need to know
5: i was i was thinking about that so if we think about digital transformation and they are speaking about it uh, everywhere in africa probably we are one steps uh, behind that uh, so we are still fighting to try to 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 increase the percentage of usage of internet as, as such uh, I, I didn't check the, the exact numbers, but uh, Africa was uh, a few months ago still on the 30%, 30, 35% of internet uh, penetration, uh, which is much lower than the rest of the world. And when we compare it with Europe, uh, even mobile penetration was, I believe, 59% last time I, I see it. And when we look to, to, to Africa, that is a huge continent or the second biggest in terms of population, and the growth that the, 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 the continent itself has, because now we have 1.3 million population, but expectation is that in 2050, we could have 2.5 million. So there's a huge grow. So the, the Natalia birth, uh, percentage is totally different from Europe. Families still have five, six, seven kids and not one as, as in Europe. So there's a huge population that will be needed to be feed there's submarine cables that are really getting that capacity and the ones that are being builded now have more capacity than all the cables that have been done to africa until now but then of course there's other problems that we needed to face we needed to spread that capacity towards the countries there's huge countries sometimes with low densities areas so there's no business case to to, to close it i'm happy because now with leo satellites i do believe uh, by making them together we could have some possibilities of covering other areas that, that have not been touched before so w- what we could see is that the digital transformation for us is the opportunities job opportunities or uh, developing opportunities that we could give to these young uh, guys in the country when they have access to a computer or to a smartphone and they have internet access that's the beautiful of what what they could do it because they could really start learning uh, how to some code to, to program, uh, to do our applications. and from uh, a very low investment that is some training and, and, and access, they could really start to create their own company or application that could be spread over the world. And that's the, the, the beauty of the things and is what could be done and should be done because there's no other way for Africa it will not be agriculture, it will not be industry because it takes huge investments. It's tough. It's difficult, but we could see the direct impact that this could have in the population, and this is what we are expecting for Africa.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, and, 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 and but if you see in, in let's say the the bigger, more connected uh, countries and and cities in Africa, you see exactly happening what what you're just mentioning. You see this happening, you, you, you see people from 18, 19, 20s building their own startup using Visa vibe because they are connected, you know, and, 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 and they can trade with the world, even if it's small things. It's, it's amazing what, what can be possible. So let's move on with uh, connecting the unconnected and, uh, and move on and, and whatever is there. I mean, you know, it, it, it's a huge continent, talking about Africa, it's a huge continent. But on, and, and a lot of it has, let's say, sea, sea level access, but a lot of not, you know, they're landlocked countries. Well, let's overcome that shit. I'm sorry to say it in, 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 in normal Dutch, but let's overcome this, and let's connect the unconnected, because that's, that's the big thing. Um, Luis, sorry, I, I take away a couple of words for
4: you, maybe, no, no, but no, no, but well, please we, go ahead. Uh, as, as I mentioned, the, uh, the Africa's telecom network uh, consists of some 60 nodes across Africa. Uh, obviously, uh, the network wouldn't work without subsea cables, because most of the uh, nodes are on the continent, on the coast. And, uh, and obviously, once we're in on the coast, then we need obviously to work with the local guys, to take the, um, the last mile uh, to the customers. Essentially, uh, this is corporate uh, requirements and wholesale requirements, but uh, also what we managed to do over the years is to actually keep the traffic within the continent. I.e. if you have a, a, a connectivity requirement from say Senegal to Kenya, then we can do this on a network without going up and north, south or whatever. It just goes straight across the network. It's been a lot of hard work uh, trying to get this sorted out and, and actually the planning behind it, but uh, we've we managed to do it. Again, as I mentioned, this cannot be achieved without subsea cables. Um, we started off with one cable going down on the West Coast then we went down and then doubled that up because we needed resilience. Unfortunately, not all the cables uh, connect all the cities. No. So then you had to ensure that you had the uh, uh, effective uh, capacity and uh, connectivity requirements in place. Then we moved on the east side and uh, now we're completely circumventing the continent and and going beyond, actually going across east to west uh, of the continent. Um, It's not easy. Uh, The continent uh, sometimes brings its challenges. Uh, but things are moving. Things are moving very positively in the, in the right directions. There's some data centers now being uh, implemented uh, around uh, the, the, the continent, and uh, I think on 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 the aspects of the, and the outlook, it looks very very positive. Um, and that's again that's from the Africa's perspective. What we've found also now uh, from the Medusa, which I may add, also is. Uh, a lot of fibers are coming in of life, not just within the Mediterranean, but beyond also. So we have to obviously uh, look beyond, and and uh, and now with the, the new guys, the big kids on the block, uh, with Equiano and to Africa, also connecting the continent, which will eventually land, as we know, in Portugal and eventually in Barcelona. So the idea is to connect the two together. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, anyway, this is this is my bit now about Africa, and so then we can uh, go on. Go no, on, and
1: on and there. and I do also think because let's not cut out. Let's say the connection you get overseas via Djibouti from from Omantel. I mean, it's also Omantel is also a big contributor to to make sure that you know uh, everything is uh, transported because by the end of the day, it's just transport. And, uh, and make sure it comes back in uh, in, in uh, almost real time and uh, with the lowest latency as possible. So thank you for that as well, uh, Um Now, Augusto, uh, you always overlook the market. You always see a couple of things. You always have something to, uh, to, to share with us. Digital transformation from maybe from your angle, what does it mean for you and how can submarine cables uh, contribute to that?
6: Well, um... Let's see. Um, first, uh, I had a discussion with a couple of economists one of these days, and they were kind of saying that actually digital economy is something that doesn't exist. Uh, basically, economy exists. Uh, digital is just another uh, other layer that provides the same trends and the same way to address the economical questions, macro, macroeconomical questions. And then we talked about metaverse. And, and the thing changed. The thing is, strangely, Yeah, Uh, they finally understood that actually, uh, the market, the capital is the market. The market today is digital. And for a uh, a country like Portugal, we are 10 million. Uh, With all this connectivity, it's it's having only two ways of of being uh, in this new world. It's either uh, being consumed, having all our potential and capacity being consumed through these infrastructures by other markets, or to create uh, our own markets, our own verticals, probably based on our language. And Africa and South America, it's extremely important for us. We are 10 million, but uh, altogether speaking Portuguese, we are about 500,000, 500 uh, 500, uh, million uh, Portuguese speakers. So basically when you recreate, when you digitalize the markets, you don't stop obviously at uh, the political boundaries and uh, your uh, market land is the connectivity that has been layered and that is there. So basically when we are looking right now to our potential is tremendous, if you consider Africa interconnected like it's already in through uh, Mediterranean, through uh, now uh, LL link to the, south, uh, the Southern America, and also uh, both with um, with uh, Medusa, with 2Africa, uh, uh, and uh, very recently with Google uh, doing all the, uh, the side costs. So what we see there is a tremendous capacity to recreate our digital market in a way that we would never expect before. This potential would not be served if it would not be through submarine cables because uh, the rest of the technology doesn't have the capacity to emerge people in these new layers of commerce that are being set up by the the big players of course, mainly uh, through the what it really means the metaverse concept. Uh, in in two, three years, we will start to see these really happening and emerging from the day from the moment where you uh, get up from beds uh, to the moment where you go to sleep again or probably during even the sleep we will be using these emerging technologies with uh, with uh, services being provided from from portugal of course mainly that's what we would uh, would like to have our own capacity to produce content here but contents from america from africa and to africa so for us being digital at this uh, it's not an option it's actually what it will mean our sovereignty in the future Uh, and that's basically what how important it is the the submarine cable infrastructure for us it's a I would say a matter of survivors uh, survivance in in the near future
1: and 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 knowing that I mean uh, Portugal was one of the first countries to have the first fiber in the world right so there's there's some legacy now Sohail, um, just a quick one to you um, uh, you heard the gentleman and and, and, and especially on the um, on on uh, the the strategic opportunities which which lay let's say in a a, on a continent, uh, a beautiful continent, actually, which is which is starting to explode in the coming days, actually, uh, which is Africa. Um, I know you have some strategic opportunities uh, there, but, but but how does Omantel uh, reach out to 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 let's say um, uh, to have let's say a continent like, of course, the Middle East, which is your home country, your home uh, continent, but also the other continents. How do you? How do you see and how do you um, um, uh, I would actually say process actually these this strategic uh, opportunities?
2: Um, indeed, uh, Eric, uh, it is a beautiful, uh, very beautiful uh, uh, continent. I was just looking at the stats uh, on Africa the other day. Uh, We're talking about, uh, I think, uh, Lewis just said that we are talking about, uh, oh, sorry, Arthur says that 1.3 billion population, right? Now, this 1.3 billion population today, if the, the, the mobile penetration is 35 to 55%, and, and the internet penetration is also in the range of less than 50%, we are looking at a huge demand coming in the next five to eight years. Now, looking at these numbers as Omantel, our strategy, and, and, and the reason why Omantel and Equinix is, have deployed this data center in Salalah is to basically connect Salalah to Africa. So today we have an existing cable system that goes to Somalia at two location. And then from Somalia, we enter into a country called Ethiopia, which is a landlocked country. And the whole idea was to serve not only Somalia, but also go into Ethiopia. Uh, now, Blue Raman landing in Sudan, uh, again, uh, one of the largest country, but again in Salala, as I, uh, as, I, as I was talking, that to Africa, which is one of the cable system that will connect most of the countries or on the Eastern side, Uh, East African side, uh, that is also landing in in Salar. So see, the two things that I would like to highlight and say that it's not only the submarine cables that do the transformation, digital transformation. I believe that being a telecom operator in Oman, we believe that the transformation starts from the access network. If you do not have a proper access network going to every house and every enterprise and the government offices, and then the obviously the education uh, in in that either country or in the continent to start utilizing those things uh, transformation will never happen submarine is important uh, submarine industry is very important for the digital transformation but it is not as important as the access networks and i think if you look at the african countries we do talk about the landlocked countries and big some some of the big like ethiopia and uh, Nigeria are big landlocked countries with a population of almost close to uh, close to 300 million population, which is landlocked. But out of 54 countries in Africa, around somewhere around 16 or 17 countries are landlocked. Rest of them do have uh, a network uh, connected to the sea. But again, the the I think the investment and the focus that is required is on the on the backhaul networks connecting the countries in Africa and also the uh, the access network. So as Oman tell, uh, we are part of uh, landing, we are not investor, but we are we are landing uh, to Africa and Equinix. Um, uh, and the whole idea is that the content player who today are not sitting in Africa or Eastern African side, uh, most of them are sitting in South Africa, but not on Eastern African side, the whole idea and the strategy with them is to build this data center so they can serve the Eastern Africa side, side of the continent uh, from Oman. Uh, from their edge nodes and from their data centers so that they can serve low latency to their content uh, in over here. And as a mantle, obviously we are investing with uh, some of the players in, in some of these new cable systems, uh, taking some spectrum so that we can bring uh, backhauls into into our country and then provide them access to not only to the content, the, the, the global content, but also we can provide them peering into the Middle East and to the Asia as well. So instead of them, buying capacities. And I think uh, what Louis is doing is is an amazing thing. And Louis, I would also uh, uh, request you to look into uh, doing something in in Salala as well, because Salala is going to be um, uh, a a hub that will connect and and start serving the Eastern African side. Obviously, Equano is going to serve the Western side, but uh, with the hyperscaler partnership that we have, uh, we are looking into serving the Eastern African side from here, and not only again, the whole Middle Eastern peering will be coming through Salalah into, into Africa as well, which is again, very important from the digital transformation point of view, which is very important from, from them connecting to, let's say, to, to different uh, embassies and to the offices and to the, let's say, the local head offices of these uh, large enterprises in the Middle Eastern region.
1: Thank you, so Luis, that is an invitation, right? You just got it, huh? Noted. Uh, noted. <laughs> he said, noted. Uh... Soil. You're most so
2: welcome.
1: Think, is, sorry,
2: I'm saying, Louis, you're most welcome, and uh, we can, you know, we we would love to host you uh, in in Salalah that uh, that can benefit the, the 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 whole region.
1: Now you make it juicy and funky again. Uh,
4: <laughs> if, if I may add, and um, the there has been an explosion. Well, I wouldn't say explosion, but at least a, uh, an increase of interest say for interconnections of for internet IXs growing all over Africa, data centers also now growing all over the continent. And, um, and also interestingly with, with Medusa, we did not anticipate the interests that it's creating and, genu- and generating. And we were just looking at connecting Southern Europe to Northern Africa. Now we're, going, we're looking, well, not just looking beyond, but there have been a lot of interest coming from various uh, regional players about looking into connecting into, into, into Medusa. Um, or coming back into Africa, um, again, as I said, I, I'm very hopeful and very optimistic that uh, the, there will be lots of development plans going along. We, we talked about this morning about uh, investments into those sort of non-capital uh, type, generating type countries. Look at uh, St. Helena. I met with the guys from Santelena about three years ago, and uh, they were saying, "We need connections. We need connections." Now they have a, a, a Criano going to Saint Helena, It's just beautiful for these guys, you know. They're in the middle of the Atlantic, and now all of a sudden they've got they've got access into the big wide world of, uh, of uh, digital transformation. Mm-hmm.
1: No, that's that, that's absolutely absolutely cool. Um, moving on, gentlemen, uh, the, the, I mean, we see it all over, and we, we talked about it this morning as well, that that business models, they, they, they keep being adjusted, they're, they're shifting, they're, you know, renewed, what have you, um, but partnership is one thing which is uh, always, you know, always comes above, um, and, and you talked about it already, uh, Sohail, but um, Jeff, uh, uh, he, he mentioned you, actually, so, what can, you, what can you share with us? What, what can you share with the audience by, 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 by contributing to the fact that that partnership is becoming actually more and more important? I think- um, Not only, but whenever they show the money to you. Yeah. Eh? No. Eh?
3: Yeah, I think it can be an overused word. There's no doubt about it. But I think the, you know, there's a reality that we've all faced uh, in the past year or two, uh, and a reality we're still facing, which is the supply chain crisis. And I think um, this idea of a partnership between a supplier and a customer um, just becomes incredibly important um, when you're having to forecast so far ahead because the lead times from some of our suppliers are also going crazy, you know, over a year uh, uh, lead times on certain components and all it takes as we as we've seen in the car industry you could have an entire car not being able to be shipped because one chip that controls the anti-lock braking system just can't be sourced like one five dollar chip is stopping a thirty-thousand-dollar car Uh, so it's exactly the same analogy with a with a network project a submarine cable and so on so i think partnership in that respect is is incredibly important.
1: Okay, um, from, uh, from from an operator point of view, uh, we know it from. We just heard partnership, in, uh, you know the, the, the importance of it between the supplier and let's say operators. But what between operators amongst each other?
5: Yeah, it's funny because we are speaking about changing models, the way we build it, at least submarine cables. I'll not say data centers because traditionally there have been only one, uh, one company building their own data center uh, or in several places. But in terms of the submarine cables, it's true that it was a consortium model. These days is not a consortium model because normally you have hyperscaler that just comes and put all the money. But at the end of the day, the operators are still there because uh, now it has 16 fiber pairs or 24 fiber pairs. So each one is investing. We could pick up the, the example of two Africa. So we have a few players with more capacity than they had before when it was a consortium model, because now they have a full fiber pair. And before, like our case, we are the one of the four big investors in works, but we only have 11.4% uh, uh, of the cable was not even half fiber pair or a quarter fiber pair. So it's, it's, a, it's a different model. But I would say that the taking out the, the hyperscalers, the operators are still there. They are still being needed uh, because you needed to add a lending player uh, in the country. There's the licenses. Uh, there's the, the regulation. Uh, so all, all of that still needed to be done. So I'm not, I'm, I'm, at the end of the day, when I'm I thinking about it, I'm not, uh, I'm, I don't believe that it changed so much. So there's uh, different flavors but the players need it still to be there.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, um, Augusto, if, if if I ask, may I ask you the questions? Um, uh, can you share with us how the process goes within the infrastructure planning and its, and, and its in, in investments, what, 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 what do you see?
6: Well, uh, basically we have discussed before uh, this morning uh, about, uh, how non, uh, non-rentable are uh, the cables in itself. Uh, but one thing we are sure, I mean, if you don't build it, they don't come. And what, uh, what we have been seeing through history is that at a certain point, if you consider planning without considering the disruption nature of uh, the, technolo- uh, the technology innovation, uh, you will uh, land where we are now, which are short, for the capacity that, that we need. So uh, something that worries us is exactly seeing, especially uh, the investments that are supported by the state being done in a perspective of considering the, the actual models and, know the, and not the disruption factor. Uh, right now we have 5G, we will have all the IoT, uh, putting data into the, into the infrastructure, uh, but uh, we don't have any idea how uh, that will progress when things like 6G and other technologies, uh, we have talked about Quanto, uh will, will come over. What we know is in terms of, for instance, the data in terms of, uh, we were talking about metaverses, uh, in, in terms of mesh, uh, Microsoft didn't predict, not even 10% of what would be the need, uh, for instance, during, the, uh, during these uh, COVID crisis. So no one predicted that. Uh, so that's something that worries us is to see uh, the capacity being calculated, not with this disruptive factor, a uh, factor which uh, we don't know how to calculate, but for sure, if you put there 10,000 more, uh, it's, it will be not enough. That's what we feel in, in five, 10 years and a cable is having 25 years span. So uh, that's something that uh, we have been feeling.
1: Mm-hmm. No, If you allow me, just because
5: normally we we look to the submarine cables and and we say it's not a profitable business. Well, it depends. There's regions where you still could make money out of the submarine cables. But what we needed to put in the equation, and I believe in the morning um, it was also uh, spoken a bit, it's all the effects, the economic effects that that the building that cable. We had it in Portugal with this uh, Copenhagen economics uh, uh, document. The impact of Ikeano in Portugal it was like 500 millions of impact. And the impact in the, in the life of, of the, 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 the people in a certain country, by developing that country. Or the impact that they have in the, in the GDP of, of that country because of the increase in telecommunication should also be considered. And that, that's, that, that's also important. And we need to, to see the creation uh, of richness uh, on a region because of it. Even uh, when I see uh, a European community uh, are now uh, investing and trying to push for it. And it's necessary because when we see the the top 20 companies in the world, there's none European ones there, none African ones there. No, uh, they slept. West and Asian ones. And, and all of them, the majority of them in the past was oil companies or car makers. These days are all digital companies. Of course. In that sense, technology companies. So this, this, this is something that needed to open our eyes and say, if this is uh, the path, what are we doing in our own countries, in Portugal or in Angola or whatever, in Spain, or, uh, what are we doing to contribute to that and to change that? To mm. be, uh, as Augusto was saying, it's, 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 You really needed to be there. It's not a question of doing or not doing. You needed to do it. Otherwise, you'll be
1: you Even are gone. more than <laughs> ten years behind. So, Sohail, um, uh, how did the process go? Uh, goes in, uh, uh, in 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 OmanTel and between the OmanTel teams. I mean, everything about the infrastructure planning and 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 on the investments because you do spend a lot of money, and you did spend a lot of money. And we see what what on, but 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 how 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 does it go within uh, within a mantle? Um,
2: Eric, I would say that uh, obviously when you're 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 investing in anything, uh, planning is the most important uh, factor that we see. But when you're doing and planning on the submarine cables, uh, because this the planning required for submarine is much more intensive than uh, than a 5G network. Because 5G network, six year ten, ten years down the road, you will have six G and then seven G and eight G. But a submarine cable is built for at least 15 years, minimum to 20, 25 years. CME-3 is now almost 26 years now, 27 years. Uh, There are a number of factors that we have to see. Uh, The most important nowadays is because as we are talking about that now the 20 and 24 pair of fibers are coming. It's very open fibers. Uh, Our partners, uh, clients, they they can take one fiber and they can have anyone. Either they can go with, uh, let's say Jeff, and somebody can go with somebody else and uh, deploy their own networks. The important factor in, in submarine infrastructure planning is the landing points that are very becoming very, very important. If these are open landings or these are closed landings, nobody wants to go on closed landings nowadays. Uh, the routing, when you're doing the routing, there are certain places where you would like to avoid because we have the historic background that If there is a cut in that area, getting a permit takes a month or two months. So people are avoiding those places. Although they are good from the routing point of view, but because they are not good from the management point of view, from uh, government point of view, political point of view, policies point of view, people have to now, during this uh, planning, we have to avoid those things. Now, I think, uh, Augusto, you, you raise a very important point about the planning that we don't want to end up in the same situation that we are today which is like no capacities. Uh, But I think also important is that who are the investors? The hyperscaler OTT players only started investing in submarine cables actively four years ago, five years ago, before they were going behind the operators. And operators cannot spend two, three hundred million dollars in one cable system. Um, And and, and that is where the consortium starts coming in and uh, a consortium from a start from planning all the way to ready for service takes at least five years for a, or a normal cable system, five to six years. And this is where we are talking about the lead time. So I think the, the few of the factor that I spoke about uh, while we are planning. Now, the important thing, the geopolitical situation is also becoming an important in the planning. The Oman Australia cable is a very big example of a plan that is very strategic. We are bypassing the Strait of Malacca, China Sea and coming directly between Australia to Oman or to the Middle East, let's say, and then from Middle East, they're going to Europe. Uh, This is again, uh, the result of a plan that is very strategic based on geopolitical situation, what going on in the world, so that if something goes wrong in one area uh, of the sea, uh, there are connectivity that will remain there. So I would say planning is an important, because it's your plan uh, where you deploy a submarine cable. And once the cable is deployed, then obviously there is no option to reroute or those kinds of things. So this is something it was uh, emphasis uh, um, since last 20 years. But nowadays, I think uh, as even as Omantel, we have a team uh, where we have three people who are just a planner on the submarine routing. We work with the Marine guys, we work with the, uh, with our pl- uh, planners uh, we work with our, uh, our our suppliers we work with the industry uh, finding out the the problems in the in the in the routing and also finding out the problems the geopolitical situation and avoiding those things so i think this is the, one of the most important uh, factor that is becoming and most probably i think moving next 5 years to 10 years
1: this is going to dictate uh, the planning okay th- thank you so much i'm just looking at the audience and uh, hi are you still there yeah you're still listening thank you listen um, um maybe you have a question or you you also have maybe an example of uh you know investments which whatever then come forward i mean we, we're the platform here it's interactive we can we, we can discuss it so um all right um yeah jeff it's you again what's the impact of the ever-growing needs of multimedia and cloud applications and capabilities of the of the access network we, we just talked about it so the FTTH to the 5G and 6G or whatever G's are, are coming there on the uh, on the submarine we got all co- the G's <laughs> exactly all the G's you know and when you're from the U.S. you know exactly what I'm talking about right yeah. <laughs> the G's and um uh, on the submarine um, uh, um uh, cable so so what is it
3: um Well, I suppose cutting to the chase, the biggest impact um, has been the cloud model uh, uh, for data centers, where data is replicated over very long distances. And I suppose Facebook, as it was then Meta uh, now, um, when they started to consume transatlantic bandwidth uh, as though it was between two cities or across a city even, and of course, they can they can justify that because the advertising revenue uh, absolutely dwarfs the cost of of putting the, the cables in or uh, you know taking a fiber pair for example, um, and they know they can calculate that for every millisecond of of latency that a user experiences, they will miss out on x amount of advertising revenue. So they have to move data closer to the consumer. And that means your Facebook uh, pages are replicated all around the world. Uh, And that was one of the most shocking things for me that I thought, you know, when you see that famous chart from telegeography that that says, these are the people consuming submarine bandwidths, right? Um, You know, the ICPs, the Internet Content Providers, crossed the 50% mark um, many years ago. And now they're closing on, I think it's 80% or 82%. And, and it, although it's leveling off, it, it is continuing to creep up. And um, so that's, that's the biggest impact. And when you have something like one factor that is influencing so many other things, I think it, it uh, uh, obviously is very significant. Um, now, in terms of, of the other aspects that you mentioned, um, 5G uh, and 6G in, in, uh, in the future, um, the, the, the applications that those technologies enable, um, it, because of the lower latency, the, the, uh, uh, the rapid handoffs and so on, um, again, it's, it's about moving compute and storage out towards the edge of the network um, and, and doing a lot of processing um, close to the radio masts. And so um, that's not really affecting the submarine network because you're dealing with a lot of the increase in, in capacity very close to where it's being generated. Um, but what it does create are these new data centers. So if these new data centers have the same characteristics where they're exchanging and replicating information that could have a knock-on effect, I think for for submarine cables. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, Louis?
4: Well, from a um, definitely from an internet perspective, um, the growth as well has been, uh, I suppose, seen on the IXs, the Internet Exchanges, across uh, Africa uh, and, and Europe also. So uh, more, most, we are connected in most of the Internet uh, Exchanges in Europe and also down in, in Africa. And, and again, as I said, they, we are seeing them growing and growing and growing. Uh, so there are obviously uh, requires and uh, requirements and, and, and demands for these interconnections and so on and so on. But I just want to go back further on another note um, that I think the men- sale mentioned. That is, open data centers, and that is very very important for us. Um, Medusa is hundred percent open cable landing station. Of course. Here we go, of guys. Here we go. <laughs> and uh, and it, it's 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 something that we've looked at and we've decided that. You no, know, it's the way to go. Uh, you want uh, connectivity right up to the data center and beyond, uh, just to streamline the uh, the information going across across the various networks and so on and so on. Mm-hmm.
1: Arthur,
5: yeah, no, pe- picking on Lewis's words. So Angola cables, we decided some time ago that the cables that we are doing, we are not landing them on a the landing station. We are landing them directly. To, to the data centers. We made it that in Brazil, we made it in the United States, because these days is where everyone needs to be and wanted to be. And in Africa, we are seeing explosion of, of, uh, of data centers being built as well. And this, uh, and this uh, the need of having the cloud providers, having their capacity locally is quite important due to the latency of accessing a certain application, could be Microsoft 365 or whatever. B, because otherwise the experience is very bad. And I had that that experience before with Oracle software that we use it in the company initially, and because it was not there, so the access was, was, was pretty pretty low. And and I've and been working as well on IXP, some looking down, down there that works with us in the past when we decided to make it where we call it Angonix. The, the, it was the second IXP in Angola. With one year experience was already the third biggest in Africa. And because there's the appetite for, for that, that traffic that needs to be localized and needs to be exchanged. But let me add that, uh, we could speak about all of these features. It could be autonomous cars or 5G or 6G or IoT uh, or whatever. It, 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 it's always a discussion, a point of discussion, if that will bring much more traffic to the submarine cables or not, because there's a part of that traffic that will be locally and needs to be locally that's the importance of of the data centers as well but we always need to look to all of the points of the ecosystem so i'm 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 i have double nationality so i'm portuguese and angolan and with my portuguese part of course i'm happy to see this type of events being developed in portugal and and i'm seeing uh the the huge investment in scenes or with the with the start campus being done there but of course there's always the need of uh, being able to, to to do all the points together, otherwise these things will not happen. Uh, Portugal, for example, is much more expensive to take the traffic in Portugal than is taken in London because the landing stations in the past are not open landing stations, which means the access is too expensive and never, that they have never helped Portugal in developing the full digital ecosystem as they should it. So uh, we are doing the, exactly the same mistake in Africa. I must say, so it was that was the starting point. So it's good to see now these new trends and obligations from the hyperscalers of having uh, open access because uh, all of the local operators see it as a bad thing because they are losing uh, revenues in the short uh, uh, path. But I would say that in, in, the, in, the, in the future, this will be a huge change because the grow will be there, the grow in Africa uh, and worldwide in much in the majority of the cases was uh, blocked because of the costs when the costs go down you could see that uh, the usage will increase a lot and this is very true in africa because 55 60% of african population have less than 25 years so they are early adopters they want to really to use data and they don't use it because they cannot uh, afford to pay to it and we see worldwide other models that have been uh, do it in india for example where you could have, for two or three dollars, you could have 30 gigabytes of traffic on your mobile. Mm. And usage then is there, Mm -hmm. because it's a very low cost. Uh, We cannot do that in Portugal and and in Africa, not for sure.
1: Augusto, you want to add something to it?
6: No, just uh, actually, it's not only the the quantity of data, it's the the type of data that we are actually uh, putting from one place to the other obviously that the local cloud capacity is each time more important also to comply with what's being done in for instance in europe with the data and market digital market and data acts Mm -hmm. Uh, so the 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 boundary the data boundary will bring some factors that we have to include in in the the transfer of data uh, all all around the world Uh, but on the other hand if that determines that we need more local capacity. And that's what we are fighting for is that for for instance, Portugal not being just a hub, but having digital services here. Uh, and But in, if we, in one hand, we have that. In the other hand, we have the, the, the nature of the data. And for instance, all those uh, African phones that are to come, they will demand video with quality. And we will demand to reach them with uh, quality uh, content
1: you better be prepared <laughs> because that's what what's coming so um uh gentlemen coming slowly to a bit to the end um of, of of this session um jeff some famous last words what do we need to look out to what's your scope for the future
3: um i think well i'm old enough to remember when the uh the internet bubble happened yep and of course well, uh, one somebody paraphrased this. Build it, and uh, you know, build it, and they will come. You said, build it, and, you know, don't build it, and they won't come. Something, mm. but that that was the phrase that characterized that era. Build it, and they will come. In other words, it was a supply driven market, uh, and those markets are not sustainable because you 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 know, uh, you're just not getting the revenue for the you create a bubble. That's exactly, you you create a you bubble. Do. Absolutely. Um, we are incredibly fortunate, I think, because for. Many years now, we've been living in a demand-driven market. Um, Now, unfortunately, it's got out of balance because of the supply chain issues that that demand can't be satisfied in reasonable times, uh, or or we're having difficulty doing that. But it is the healthier way to be. It's better to be demand-driven than supply-driven. So I think that's just my general observation. And, And for as long as that situation exists it means that you can companies like infinera can invest in the r d that we need to make the next generation of products that help guys like you build the networks and i think that's the yeah but maybe that's the the way i should finish it
4: okay thank you Lewis. um i was at itw uh, two weeks ago and also at uh, capacity or rather the subsea event at total telecom in london also last week so just being following on three events in in the three weeks uh, consecutively. And the, the word that I heard, and I also heard it this morning, uh, was young blood. We need to ensure and assure uh, that the baton will be taken over by the young generation, younger generation, I think we are. Mm-hmm. I mentioned, I don't know who, but I'll be proud to say that I was here in 1975 in Kaskais. So I think a lot of you were perhaps... Don't really look at me, guys. There. I know I look old, but don't look <laughs> so, at just, just, just it wasn't me. Just to say that, you know, I, I'm getting in that stage of life now where the baton needs to be passed on. Um, there was one guy from Google, I think, believe it was Chris George, uh, who mentioned that he actually spends time, his own time, going on to university campuses and explaining to uh, to the younger generation that we need guys to come on board and to take, uh, to take over and, and to carry on. Um, and looking around at the audience, I think we need more ladies as well in this, uh, in this industry. Uh, there's too many uh, dark jackets, I think, and uh, we need to open those up as well. Shit <laughs> anyway, dark as well. That's, that's my, <laughs> as, this is my last words.
1: Thank you so much, Arthur.
5: You know, I agree. I was in uh, the table with Lewis discussing that that at lunchtime, and and we are seeing some some of these movements because we are seeing the old guys that needs to be retired, and they retire, and then they come back, and they retire again. So it's definitely. So one of the things that we've been discussing at lunchtime was the how could we uh, change this by probably by making uh, a positive publicity of of the industry because. When you start to working on it, you see that it's something beautiful and amazing, and we are contributing for, for the future of, of, of the, the new generations. But uh, I don't know why most of them still believe that the Internet is done by the satellites, which is one or 2% uh, still, but everyone thinks it's more sexy. Uh, so we, we need to, to change that and, and to work on, on it because the future is here. The, the, the future is, is, is bright because when we look, we see that capacity will grow and the effects that that have in, in terms of um, the country's uh, transformation with this digital transformation as you use it. So it's, it's a fantastic place to work and, and the future is, is all right,
3: bright.
1: I would like to see a commercial with a landing station in the back, having a couple of kite surfers, male and female, you know, doing their tricks, trust me, submarine becomes overnight, completely funky. Overnight, it will happen. Augusto,
6: you I would like to basically see two things, a huge carrier and submarine cable university working in, in Sing for instance. Uh, and uh, actually, uh, what I think we should have, we will not have a, a digital platform uh, for uh, work purposes, like Microsoft, for sure not for commercial. I mean, uh, uh, we have Amazon, we have all those platforms. We will not reach there, but Portugal can reach something, which is uh, a sea-oriented metaverse. Mm-hmm. So I want capacity to be able to 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 provide it uh, to the rest of, of of the the globe. So I hope that actually all these partnerships that, are, that we are talking about that are actually the only way to. Uh, to, to go further uh, will work in that way that we have the, all that capacity available uh, to provide these new digital uh, markets that we intend to have. Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: so El, the floor is all yours for your famous last words, my friend. So please take it away. Tell us well, what, what, what's gonna hit us, what we see, are we going to see?
2: first of all i fully agree with the uh, and, and uh, you know with with the friends uh, what they're saying uh, i think it is important uh, we are part of this uh, uh, submarine school with google uh, we have conducted few in in europe now and we have also conducted two in oman in salalah uh, you know we invite kids or or let's say students from all over the world uh, you know uh, pay them for for coming in and staying and then as, as, as you said that, you know, bring them into industry. It is not a very, you know, funky industry. Uh, yes, in it, a, is. It, it is. Yes, it
1: not. is.
2: You go to ITW and then talk to the voice guys and data guys, you will feel the difference. So let's not challenge this one. But I think it is not very, as why I'm saying, because if you look at, you know, sitting in an MC meeting or, 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 or IPG meeting for two days, discussing technicalities and terms and condition, The young generation is not going towards that, but we are trying to do these these things. Uh, So just to add that this uh, Submarine School, uh, this is an an excellent initiative. Uh, I think everyone should participate in this. One thing that I would like to add on, on, on plus on this knowledge transfer, and that is partnerships. I think it's also important what I would like to see is a partnership between the suppliers, the, the operators, the hyperscalers, and the data centers. Because till the time we have this kind of a partnership uh, to deliver either a submarine cable system or hosting a, a data center of one of the hyperscaler or bringing the content into Africa or Middle Eastern region more and more, uh, without partnership, things will not move forward. I think we have wasted a lot of time in the last 15 to 20 years trying to create monopoly and try to keep the prices very high. I think it's time for us and for the next few years, for next generation to come. It is partnerships and opening up. So I think the word that I would like to say is that uh, neutrality. That's important for all of us, be it cable landing session, data center, or submarine.
1: Okay, thank you very much for those wise words um, and, uh, and all my love and greetings uh, back to the beautiful city of Muscat. Uh, and, and thank you, Sohil, for, for, for being here with us and, and joining and, and sponsoring this Good. session. And um, I would like to thank uh, Jeff as well for, for being here. Good having you uh, sitting here. Luis, as always always with the, the the story that we're too old come on man we still listen to you we still are on your lips you know we still want to know so thank you for for being here again um uh, Arthur as well and i thank you so much so ladies and gentlemen yes we, we mentioned already a couple of times data centers in mm, almost 22 minutes we're going to talk about this here live on stage and broadcasting it all out in in the world so i would like to thank the, the, the viewers outside outside and around the globe thank you so much for joining uh the, here with us uh today and um yeah we're going to close the session so gentlemen thank you so much audience thank you because you don't have any questions right save them for tw- in 20 minutes see you back then thank you so much thank you everyone